Hey guys, big thank you to everyone who contributed to the Patreon. I foolishly didn't anticipate people supporting it until the second or third or even fourth episode, and, well, because I'm a dummy, I didn't prepare for this episode. But episode three will include all rewards as well as video. My guest for this episode is one of the best, if not the best, hype casters in StarCraft II. Passion and sincerity is what this guy is all about. It's the one and only Maynard. Hello everyone, this is Caster Calls with Zombie Grub, and it's not just Zombie Grub, I also got Maynard. I said he'd be the next guy up on the list, and he absolutely is. He actually immediately responded in affirmative, and he would like to do this, and pretty much as soon as possible, so that made things a lot easier for me. Thank you so much, Maynard, for being here. How you doing? It is my absolute pleasure. Anytime, Zombie Grub. We've done a few interviews before, I think, or maybe just maybe it's just the one, actually. But um, yeah, just but, the but... one. But I'm a, I'm a fan of the podcast format. I'm a fan of you, commentary, and all those things. So it's a no-brainer to show up. And I'm doing great. Just finished a pretty good stream. I was just uh, casting a bunch of subscriber replays and having a good time with the people StarCraft, as I like to call it. Because it's very yeah. rarely pro gamers. I did actually have some pro gamers submitted replays. But they're just like fans that send in the, the replays rather than, you know, the actual pros sending in replays. I really wish pros did do that, though. They're just the ones that sub to me. Yeah, I can't think of too many pros who actually sub to streamers other than like you know, yeah. Roddy for the replays. Roddy's definitely got some. Wardy definitely has some. Um, but they would be like the two main people that have pro subs. I think Special is like a sub of Pig, but just because he likes <laughs> like Pokemon and there's like stream avatars, but I don't know. <laughs> oh. I, okay. I have a very little pros that subs to me. Very little. Yeah. You do that sub replay casting like like seriously, like all the time. People love your subscriber replay casting. Yeah, it actually, it started off being a thing that I didn't, I thought it would be like, okay, this is going to be a slow broadcast and no one will give a shit, but it's just for the subs and the subs will be happy. So, you know, some, hopefully a little bit of retention, you know, the subs want to stick around because they're getting the, 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 the added benefit of these casts. Maybe more people want to come in because they like my commentary and they're like, oh, okay, this is putting me over the edge and I want this. But it was like, I never expected viewership or really, you know, because the StarCraft community kind of just wants to watch high-level StarCraft and they don't really care about, you know, watching a gold player place and play a TVT or something like that. They're like, they very rarely care. But strangely enough, it's it's actually been growing quite a bit, the sub-replay streaming. So I've noticed my average for that goes up quite nicely. And and sometimes they're the most economically lucrative streams that I have, like like even more so than, say, in a Lima League or something like that, which is generally when I have the most viewership. So it's kind of hard to tell, but Twitch is kind of those weird things when you know you know that Twitch is very strange. Sometimes you'll have a thousand viewers and make 30 bucks. And sometimes you'll have a hundred viewers and make thousands. It's really, it's, you know, it's hard. It, it's hard. To, it's a hard metric to follow. <laughs> yes, it really is. I mean, you're, you're absolutely right. Sometimes the highest viewership gets absolutely nothing. Also depends a bit on like time zone, apparently. Yep. Europeans a little bit. Like, actually, I think Roddy once described this very well. that They're not a tipping culture. Which is why American time zones seem to do better just like in terms of getting subs and tips. So I always thought that was a really good point. A hundred percent fact there. Like my I've I've got the old we, we both have all the metrics of what when we stream and my viewership is very American heavy. Even in European time zones, I have a I have like nothing I've never had less than a fifty percent America viewership. Like even even in European time zones for some reason. And uh yeah, they they're they're the ones that generally get a little bit a little bit nuts with the uh with the support but mm -hmm. yeah yeah 
Yeah. Well, like on the topic of the sub replay castings, I think it's kind of it is something that's very unique to you that every streamer, well, not every streamer, a lot of streamers that I know, including myself, do sub replay casting. And it's sometimes nothing, honestly. And other times it's maybe ooh, max five replays like for the entire week because I do mine weekly. Mm-hmm. You actually get dozens. Like, yes. do you think do you know why that happens? Do you have a theory about it? I don't know why. Maybe I just have some nuts people that <laughs> that for some reason I, I I actually I actually feel like part of me thinks that I might have been one of the first to do that the sub replay thing because I don't remember anyone doing it before. Like I know I know it must have existed. So people have been doing it, but it was something that I was like, oh, I'm going to make this like a promoted feature. You know, this is something that I'm going to have as a command in my chat, and I'm going to make it like a something I talk about on the regular. Like it's something I like to. You know, it's something I try to remember in my sort of, you know, how in StarCraft you have like a, a build order cycle. You have a cycle in your brain. It's like tap this hockey, tap this hockey, tap this hockey. I have a cycle in my brain. Just be like, you know, every couple hours talk about, you know, hey, if you're enjoying what you're watching, please click follow because it's free. Um, and if you would like to sub, you can do that. Um, and you have this benefit if you do blah, 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 blah. Try and, you know, sell your stream as a product because it is. And the sub replays... I leaned into it pretty heavily. It's, I also have a very, you know, my specific, specific style of casting is very uh, entertainment focused, very high energy. And um, I, think people re- I think people really dig that, especially like the lower league players. They're just like, I want my game to feel like I'm watching a WCS or, a, or something like that. I, I want, and it's been weird. It's gotten, to, it's gotten to the weird point where sometimes people send it in. They're like, intro my game like it's round of eight WCS. And like, I can't actually, <laughs> like that's... I mean, I understand why you want that, but I can't just do that. That's not that's not something that I can just fake. <laughs> it's like the it's it's the energy of the room and it's the moment, like all that stuff contributes to the fact that I'm screaming into my microphone. Also, I'm pretty sure my microphone can't take that. Like if I just do the thing that I do with the player intros, at like the the big moments, the the big finals. But um, yeah, I think that it's 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 gotten really to the point where I have to actually, I, ha- I I've had to find a way to stop as many replays coming in. It's gone. It's it's gone really unmanageable to the point where I was, or not manageable. That's that's probably that's probably the correct sentence. But <laughs> the, like I had too many replays where I couldn't actually cover them all, and I'm like, well, this isn't what I want. I want every subscriber to be able to get a replay cast. So um, I've made it so that now to be able to broadcast something other than sub sub replay cast because I don't want to do it every day. I want it to be a special thing, a once a week thing, like what you do. I've had to make rules and also have a window where people can submit casts and not and and close that channel down for the rest of the week. So there's now a 24 hour window when you can submit casts from like Friday Pacific time to Saturday Pacific time midnight. And then once that window's closed, I don't take any replays or close the channel because I have too many. And then like even tier threes would be like, oh, I'm a tier three, so I can send in three replays, which was the deal a week ago. And it's just very recently changed to be like, no, tier threes now can't send in three replays. Now you can only send in one, but you get priority. Like you will cast, I'll have cast your replays first. Because mm-hmm. then it was like, there would be every tier three person would never miss a replay sub day. They are tier threes because they want to send in three replays, you know, and people, and people would bump up from tier one to tier two because they want to send in two. And I'm like, oh God, there's like so many from the same person. And, you know, last week I had 26 replays and I'm like, I, <laughs> uh, and, and and I stream for six hours. And I'm like, okay, at the end of six hours, I still have ten left. <laughs> I'm like, Jesus Christ, this 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 hasn't worked yet. I need to come up with a different idea. So now the different idea is the different tiers get priority rather than amount, mm-hmm. which is so much better. Like it's it's already this today has gone so much better. Um, so that yeah. is an insane amount of people. That's actually more than I thought was happening. Like I always look at your sub replay 
chat, especially if I had anything to submit. And I was like, oh, that's a lot. But to, to hear all the requirements that you've now set up, that marks you as a pretty popular caster. But it's a good segue. Like you've, you've uh, this is all about casting, right? Like mm-hmm. you always have prided yourself and been true to this as well, as far as I've seen, that you just can't fake passion. Not only as you know, are you known as a passionate play-by-play caster, probably the most hyped guy that that StarCraft II has to offer. And I know some people say tasteless, but I don't know, guys. <laughs> but you are totally genuine with all of it. And you've never been shy to just make sure everyone knows that. Yeah, I, I think the reason why I've made uh, I've I've said that sort of like I've touched on the 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 genuine part of it is because I've never been bothered by anyone saying that I'm fat or ugly or dumb, which is a lot of you know the negative feedback I've ever gotten as a commentator. That's kind of all the things that people go to because it's you know it's easy to do when you're twelve. Um, but the uh, but like the the thing that bothered me one time was when I saw people say that it was fake hype or that I was being fake. And that bothered me for some reason. I didn't. I wasn't expecting it. I was just. I remember reading that comment, and going, "Oh, that actually hurts. That's that's terrible." So, like, there's been a few occasions where I'm streaming and and uh, I'll, I'll bring that up with people, like, and I and I brought it up with um, you know you guys as well, like the other com- commentators at events. I'm just like this. You know, people calling me not genuine really does sting because, like, I I, I am very much, and you, you know, you nailed it. I'm, I pride myself on being a pretty genuine guy. Because I was just brought up that way to be pretty much, you know, uh, black and white as far as a person's concerned. I'm not complicated. Um, my heart's on my sleeve for the most part. I can't pretend to be happy if I'm sad. I can't pretend to be sad if I'm happy. I can't pretend to be excited if I'm bored. You know, I, I, can't, I can't do that. Whatever, however I am acting is how I am, is how I feel, usually. This is the same with broadcasts um, when, when I'm casting. Part, part of the reason why I've stuck around in StarCraft for so long is, you know, not, not any particular brand loyal to anything like that. Like, I'm not, I mean, I used to be a Blizzard fanboy. I'm certainly not anymore um mm. not not for many years but starcraft 2 i'm definitely a massive fan of and i love the game more than anything else and it's just you know I, i'm i'm open to another another game or another esport that takes my fancy but just nothing has you know i i can't I, i've i've had offers back in the day like way back in the day i'm like 2015 before legacy of the void launched even i i had an offer to go to america to stay uh, you know, in Los Angeles and move my whole life over there and work for ESL in their North American office, which I don't think exists anymore. I'm not too sure about that. But I don't think so. I don't think so. But, you know, they wanted me to move there and, and be their stage host and also commentator for, you know, a bunch of titles like for Counter-Strike, for Heroes of the Storm, which was a lot more active back then, and um, and uh, basically be what Machine is now. You know, Machine, the super successful yeah. commentator slash host for Counter-Strike. And, um, you know, funnily enough, me and Machine and I are friends and, uh, and we met each other at IM Kadavisa and been, been friends for a few years. But, um, you know, I was going to be that guy basically before Machine was sort of on the scene. And I and maybe it's a giant missed opportunity, but I remember having the call with Carmack, who was the guy that was offering it to me. And I'm just like, I just can't fake that excitement. That's, you know, I can do the StarCraft cast and you will get what you want out of me. But I think you want that excited um really energetic guy and i really don't think i have it in me to be that for heroes of the storm which i really didn't care about and counter-strike which i have a passing fancy in like i like i like counter-strike i like shooters like i'm a fps guy but i'm not super into the esport and i won't be able to just explode over huge plays and stuff like that very easily like i would in starcraft which is just so far up my alley that it's bought real estate and started a family like it's 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 just it's it's just such a 
Yeah. It's just it's just like the, exactly what I wanted in eSport, StarCraft. And that one, that one was the one that snuck up on me as well, being an FPS guy and having an RTS be the the ultimate in eSport for me. Like it's just a... It snuck up on me, but it's but it's real. And I'm just like, oh, I, I, I feel so much excitement for this game. And it's not gone away. Like even 10 years later, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Well, I know for... Uh... For me, at least, and I think some other commentators as well. But whenever I go up on the stage, like I feel like I have to put on a little bit of a mask. You know, I think you know oh, me very yeah. well personally, and uh, you you also know me well as a commentator. But I I am pretty different from the green room to the uh, the stage. But I always felt that you were actually pretty on the level. Uh, do you consider yourself someone who has to put on any type of mask or put on any uh, showmanship? Or is it just really that genuine? I think I think everyone does to an extent. Like even like I would say the most similar guy of the of the casting crew right now, the, the guy that's the most similar off stage as he is backstage is Rotterdam. Like Rotterdam is almost the exact same person on the desk as he is off the desk, like back in the room with us. Um, but you know he'll do a few casterisms here and there. Like, even he will have a few casterisms where he have sort of have like a certain inflection in his voice or something where it kind of is a nice clean handoff which is something you would never do in a real conversation with someone, but you wouldn't a cast. And I would say that I, I, I know in myself that I definitely put on a broadcast persona where it's like basically me, but maybe dialed up to 11, you know, like just to bring a little bit more energy, just to punch a little bit more. Usually in desk segments, I'm very much myself, like in desk segments with James and, with, and, and, and whoever, you know, if we're at, a, at, a, at an event and we're doing an anal- analysis desk thing, that's generally like exactly who I am. But maybe even then, maybe lower energy because I'm trying to level it out with some guys that I'm talking to. Like if I'm exploding and two people are talking very softly about analysis, then that's kind of dumb. But in a cast, I definitely turn it up a little bit more. Like I'll uh, be a little bit more, uh, what do you call it? You know, I'll, I'll, like those intonations I was talking about Rotterdam, I'll bring on a bit of the radio guy voice, you know, like instead of just saying, you know, hey guys, welcome to WCS, blah, 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 or it's an old brand. Uh, hey guys, welcome to ESL Pro Tour Masters. Uh, you know, I'm Maynard and la la. It'll be like, you know, a little bit more of the, you, you know, the smoother curves. Like, a, hey guys, welcome to the Pro Tour. What up, StarCraft fans? That kind of thing. Like a little bit more of like a slide into that intro with a little bit more of like a, you know, trying to go for that audio butter sort of, you know, the mellifluous kind of tones to try and make things a little bit uh, more like you're, like you're listening to it on the radio kind of thing. You know, I got a lot of inspiration from radio commentators back in the day like when i was young listening to all those sport football and stuff and oh, uh okay. that took a little bit well not like a lot but a few of the things that i use i took from them which i thought is uh you know really good it sounds really good in a cast i think when other people do it as well yeah i think there's uh, a certain just everyone talks about casting being something that you can kind of have your own opinion about right like there's no perfect way to cast but i think there are certainly just mechanics to casting and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those broadcast guys absolutely were the, the first ones to develop that. To listen to, like, the old, you know, narratives from, like, the 1920s, like, is actually mm-hmm. kind of, there's a certain, like, sound quality to their voice, right? That's just, it's something that you want to replicate no matter what you're doing as long as you're literally speaking to a person. But anyways, like, taking this and going back to very beginnings, the Babby Maynard, right? So you were... <laughs> Um, you, you listened to some broadcasting when you were growing up, been in a traditional sports. So there's some broadcasting there yeah, as well. Yeah. You and also in a band. Yes, I was in a band and I, I was also like a, a fan of fighting. Um, as I was, I did boxing sort of casually, well, just to go to the sport thing and, and, uh, Michael Buffer 
who's someone that people might know as the let's get ready to rumble guy was uh like someone that i thought just sounded so nice and i wanted to like like when i when i talk about like um you know regular genuine maynard to broadcast maynard i try and put on a little bit michael buffer that was the name i was looking for i forgot his name but um yeah you know, he just sort of has that lovely curve to his voice, and and has that sort of roll up into the into the from from low to high. But anyway, yes, mm-hmm. continue. You were you were talking about yeah. you me. <laughs> I was talking about you. Oh my yeah, god! I was talking about yeah. Isn't that weird? It's like I'm on a call with you. And I know it's about you. Jesus, it's so weird. You uh you you seem to have this natural affinity towards a little bit of the uh showmanship. Uh, aspect of things where many people probably grew up you know obviously not in bands but also like afraid of public speaking and all that mm-hmm. eventually down the line here and you actually started your starcraft 2 career a little bit older than many other people who started their esports careers but eventually down the line you got an offer to cast a starcraft 2 job now can you actually tell me what that was because i'm not sure what your first offer was my first offer well, you mean like yeah. my first international broadcast? The first time or you were paid. The first time I was paid. Okay. The first time I was ever paid for an event. And I was casting unpaid from 20... I want to say I started in 2011. So not right on 2010. I think I started casting in 2011 online. Then eventually it was an offline gig in 2012 at ACL, so the Australian Cyber League. But they were all unpaid. In fact, I paid my own hotels and flights to go. <laughs> Oh, okay. All of them were unpaid, every single one. And uh, my first paid gig was IEM Shanghai 2013. So right in the middle of the biggest heat wave that China had had in 100 years, I went to China. It was my first time going internationally by myself since I was a teenager. So I was in my mid-20s, I don't remember. But anyway, I was 20-odd years old and... Going on to uh, to Shanghai to, um, you know, uh, by myself to go and work and stay with, you know, a bunch of international big names that I've been watching since the beginning of StarCraft 2. And it was a little, you know, it was like, boy, I hope we get along because I'm stuck with these people for, for like a week. <laughs> that was my mm-hmm. initial thought is I didn't know if I would get along with Todd and I didn't know if I'd get along with Kolaris. I didn't know if I'd get along with Apollo. You know, those guys, we'd spoken a little bit online, but very little. And I was going to be rooming with one of them. I didn't know which one. And I was a little bit sort of like, God, you know, I'm, I hope that we get along. That's all, I, that's all I initially was worried about. I wasn't worried about the gig. I wasn't worried about the show. I wasn't worried about the temperature. Um, I wasn't worried about China and getting lost because I knew a little bit of Chinese, studied Chinese in high school, so I could get around, like I could get a cab, I could get food. I, I was more worried about the other guys and getting along with them. But So that was June or July 2013, so right in the middle of summer in, uh, in China. It was really brutal. It was like, ouch. Uh, let's see, 45, so, so more like 110 degrees and humid. Humid as fuck. Can I swear <laughs> on this podcast? Sorry. Uh, but the, yeah, but it was, it was like anytime you got wet, you will never dry. You would just stay wet. That's it. Done. Like the, the humidity was insane. Uh, that was actually a, that was actually an event that I don't remember very well. I remember I made a lot of mistakes. The biggest mistake I made was I, I, I went to bars every night with everybody. And at the bars, there was very loud music and I was shouting to talk to people Mm. and also getting pretty drunk, like not, not, not like, you know, blackout drunk, but pretty happy drunk. 
and pretty happy drunk while in a bar that's loud, you know, talking to people with my arm around them and just like, you know, being, you know, friendly and, and, and making friends, which thankfully we did. But I was blowing my voice out and I didn't realize it until the next day. And it was like, I think it was like the last day of the broadcast, I'd actually done serious damage to my voice. And, uh, and the last day I, that was the, that was the one and only time that I have had no voice while trying to cast because I've just blown it out too badly. And I tried to push through it. Like my voice had already been really damaged and never had any damage like that. Like even being in a band, I never had a, I never had my voice that damaged. And I was like, oh, maybe if I push through it. Like that, that whole morning, I tried not to speak. Uh, Red Eye gave me some throat lozenges and some painkillers and that sort of thing. And I tried to push through it. And Apollo was just like, you know, giving me a note off stage as I was casting with, with Todd. And Apollo gave me like a note off stage and was just saying, you are destroying your voice. Try to stop. <laughs> you know, don't, don't hype things up um, because you're, you're destroying your voice and, and you cannot be heard. But the community, strangely enough, was very cool about it like they were like wow this guy fucking loves starcraft he's going insane um you know he's he is very clearly hurting himself but he's still going you know (laughs) it's the round of four and he's still going ham you know um Mm -hmm. and and that was the event where uh i finally started to get messages from you know some of the people that you know a big part of the scene like in control and uh and and cats and uh, Rhett and a bunch of the pro gamers that that hadn't said word one to me, even though I'd cast tournaments with them in it, they were they were jumping into my Twitter and saying, "Dude, that was so good," or "You you really love StarCraft," or "Wow, that was great." Where were you when Code was like had shit casters? We would rather you be there or something like that. You know, it was one of those weird backhanded compliments. That <laughs> I just like you know I I, uh, I took it very like I, I thought it was great. I went from like I don't know I think I had like two hundred followers at the time to like a thousand. And I thought that was a big deal <laughs> on, on Twitter. And I was like, yeah. I'm like, wow. Like, they, they really like me. But that's, that's how it always starts, you know. Everyone loves you right at the beginning. Yeah, but I think that you're one of the casters that's been mostly loved by the community. Do you remember a time where you were actually hated? Uh, that is true. I don't, I haven't, I've, I've definitely had hate, but it's not like a thread that says, fuck this guy. Fire him for this <laughs> tournament, which has definitely happened before. Not, not to me, but to other people. Yes, yes, it has. Yes. So that was my first broadcast. And um, thankfully, it ended up going well. And it was, a, it was a, the first step on a, on a long, long uh, stair ride. <laughs> well, you, I mean, you talked about this as a, uh, a problem, and it certainly ended up being a problem that you blew out your voice. But yeah. when it comes to actually building that camaraderie with the other casters, like, it's understandable that that was the one thing you were worried about. I remember when I first did Nation Wars, that was what I was worried about being on the on the big boy stage big girl stage and then these guys i actually never cast with before who Mm -hmm. also just were people that i was watching for six plus years was was quite intimidating but they're professionals first of all so i didn't even have to go out drinking with them (laughs) feel comfortable casting with them but then it also was one of those things that's you know definitely grown over time but do you actually put a conscious effort uh, or did you ever, I guess, in the past, to making sure to reach out to some of these commentators and and make a bond? Um, it's it's kind of something that I didn't want to force. I wanted it to happen like naturally over time, like just to just to be friendly with them in person. I didn't I didn't speak to them before the event, um, if that's what you mean. It was just more like I've I've just met them in person, and if they want to go to lunch, we'll go to lunch. If they want to go to dinner, we'll go to dinner. Um, if I can think of something cool to talk about, I'll cool to talk about. It. I'll, I'll ask them questions as well, like you know. 
Um, they'd, they'd had very illustrious esports careers already and I had barely begun. You know, it was my first ever international event. So they had so many stories to share. They had so many pro gamers to talk about. And I just basically sat there and let them talk to me for the most part to, to share stories with me. And I'd just be like, oh, you know, that's interesting. And, you know, but, it's, but not just nodding my head and going, oh, yeah. Oh, that's great. Tell me more. Like I'm at a date, but more like, uh, you know, I actually am interested in all these stories and I actually do want to learn all these things because it's going to be, you know, helpful for not only the broadcast, but just for, you know, future events if I get another event. Because there's like, honestly, at that, at I am, at I am Shanghai, I had knowledge of the Korean scene. And I had, I had knowledge of the North American scene, but I had almost zero knowledge of the European scene. And the European scene even back then was, you know, strong. So um, I relied very heavily on Apollo and Kolaris, who are the full-time ESL in-house commentators um, from the European seat to um, give me the information to top me up, top up knowledge. Of that I remember QXC at I am Shanghai actually kind of bashed me a bit verbally for uh, not knowing anything about the European commentators, for not uh, knowing anything about the European players. He's like, "You're a commentator, man. You got to know this stuff." And he's not like joking, like his QXC yeah, was a he was a special, uh, <laughs> a very chill guy later on, but back then maybe less so. And uh, and yeah, so no, I mean, I, I thought you know he's absolutely right. I I, I should know these things. So yeah, it, it's not something that I, I like consciously made an effort. I I didn't consciously go. Oh, I'm going to try my best to be a friend to these people. I'm just like I'm going to let it happen. If they if they like me, they like me. If they don't like me, they don't like me. At least I've had this experience. I was more than prepared for that to be my my one and only event because I didn't know if anyone would like me. And I tried not to. I always try not to think about what I'm what I can't control, you know, what could go wrong that is out of my control. I always try to worry about things that's I have control over, like, um, you know, the quality of my cast is something I can control. And uh, the, you know, our conversations are something that I can control, but whether or not they like me or whether or not the community likes me really isn't up to me, <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, the, the community has been very, uh, very um, nice to me. Still to this day, they've been very nice. Like, there's, I don't really get too much hate anymore. Well, I guess to to kind of give you an example as to what I meant, like it makes sense that you don't force friendships. You know, that's um, mm -hmm. that actually I'd say is some is a fault of some people who are trying to build relationships in esports. Like, you know, the, the best thing you can ever do in any business is mm -hmm. make connections, and that's absolutely true. But to fake connections or to use it for only connections, right? That's bad. But more so, I was thinking like when I first did mine, I actually made it a point to go out and and drink. The urge to, especially if you're identified as an analyst caster, which maybe you have different thoughts, but to just study the night before, mm. right, or every night and, and come in with the cold, hard facts is, is, a, is an urge. Uh, I think that most people have to be the smart person to prove their knowledge because StarCraft II, you know, very, very knowledge heavy uh, is where you're going to get the respect from the, the hardcore audience. But it actually is so much more about the broadcast going smoothly. Did you ever feel? a pressure to choose between the two or Absolute, have no. you just always found a balance i i have always just cared more about the entertainment of the broadcast and the 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 smoothness of the broadcast like having a relationship with who i'm commentating with and making it a good like you know i would rather a broadcast be fun and funny like entertaining and funny than super informative like uh, and, I've, and i've always been that kind of person where i'm like like I knew, I was very, very aware of the fact, that especially back then, like right now it's a lot better, but back, but back then I had very little game knowledge and 
I only knew some Terran stuff and some Zerg stuff. I knew almost nothing about Protoss, which is, you know, still kind of, kind of my problem right now, but, <laughs> but I'm getting better at it. And, um, and at that time I was like, okay, my strengths are, I have, you know, a lot of energy. I can be funny sometimes if the moment strikes, you know, uh, I can, I can come up with some, I can, I can be witty from time to time. Sometimes I am comfortable with who I'm with. I'm comfortable with what I'm doing. I'm not afraid of the camera. Uh, I like to work with the camera and sort of make it, you know, fun for like whenever, like even, even to this day, when the camera swings past me at I am Katowice and I see it, I'll wink at it or something like that, or I'll smile at it and, and, and be aware, like very aware of the camera and, and very aware of the fact that I'm on camera and, uh, and talking with someone. Um, and, and I try and make that just like a fun thing for the viewer and also for me and for who I'm talking with. I, I always prioritize that over everything, you know, but I think that. If you in, in StarCraft Two, I definitely agree that the analyst is very highly regarded by the by the scene versus like a play by play commentator. Like, there's not too many successful or you know super universally loved play by play commentators in any esport. I think play by play commentators, I feel like, are very what's the word? I think they're underappreciated. Well, I mean, potentially, I, I don't even I don't even know if they if they're underappreciated in other esports. I think in our esport, they've been they've been appreciated. Uh, at least the ones that are here. I think they're underrepresented in StarCraft 2. There's only, I mean, there's me and yeah. there's Ravi, and I think that's it. Grant, maybe? Tasteless, yeah. Taste, uh, yeah, Tasteless, of course. But, you know, that's four. And then there's, you know, there's you, there's Roddy, there's Todd, there's, uh, you know, Jeff back in the day. There's, uh, you know, everyone else that I can think of is generally an analyst. Even Wardy, you know, who's who really can play by play, uh, which I, you know. Nate? He's, Nate, yeah. Okay, yeah. Yeah, Nate's. When there's not battle cruisers, Nate's definitely play by play. <laughs> a slight jab to Nathanius. <laughs> Touche. <laughs> so uh, I love Nate, but anyway, the but yeah, the, I put the play by play badge on early, and I'm like, this is who I am. This is my identity as a commentator. I'm going to be the fun guy. I'm going to be the the entertaining, high energy guy. I think that you're right. As an analyst, you are under a lot of pressure to be correct. And to also bring up cool tidbits because people like to watch analysts and have the analysts teach them something. Like even though in the like even or even remind them of something. Like I think it's a, always a cool moment when the analyst is like, "Well, you know, this this series is relevant because I remember blah 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 blah, and that's relevant to X series." And then the the crowd's like, "Huh? Wow! What a big brain on her! She knows what she's talking about. She's very she is very studied and learned in the StarCraft twoisms." And same deal when you're in game when it's like you know it's something that as a viewer. They'll say something that you kind of know, but you weren't thinking of. The analyst is the one that's thinking of it. They're like, you know, this is this is a, a big moment here coming into this potential. Um, you know, there's a there's a fight that's going to happen, and there's a big advantage for this player because of this. And the viewer is like, oh, back in the mind, I did know that because you know, usually a viewer kind of has an idea of the game, or even better, there's someone that doesn't know that, and the analyst is teaching them while you know making it and building it up into a bigger deal which is, mm -hmm. you know, something that analysts have to do, I feel, in StarCraft more than most esports because it's such a, uh, I guess, like a complicated game for people to, from the outside looking in if you don't know what you're looking at. So many moving pieces. It's similar to Dota. Like, you know, you watch Dota, and if you don't know what you're looking at, it is a very hard game to, observe, to watch, I feel. Well, for StarCraft, I think there's a, a big problem with... Um, it doesn't seem important, right? I think people can kind of understand that when someone loses a unit, like, oh, that's bad. And maybe they'll understand what it means to lose a Marine versus a Raven, but they understand it. Or when a big battle happens. But, you know, thinking to some matchups that nothing happens for 10 minutes, and mm -hmm. then you have to try and make a good story out of that, 
because you have to be like, well, look at yeah. okay, so nothing happened, guys, because this guy knew that guy would do this thing, so he knew that that would happen. So then he didn't do the thing; he actually did this thing. Like, you get a little bit, you know, this, that, or the other. But I think that's what makes StarCraft too a difficult game to understand and like highlights the analyst side of things. But yeah, I don't mean to detract from your point, but yeah, it can be a hard game to understand. <laughs> So I'm agreeing with you. <laughs> yeah, but but I but I'm also agreeing with you. Haha, you didn't expect that, did you? But the, I, I'm agreeing with you in the sense that it's maybe a little bit easier of the comp more like it has a stigma of being a really complicated game, but I feel like it is relatively straightforward. Like it's not as straightforward as someone clicking on a head and that person gets shot and then they're dead. Like in Counter Strike, for instance, you could be anyone. You could be my grandma. Watch Counter Strike, and when someone gets shot, you, you're like, oh, that's good for the guy that shot that guy, not for the guy that's dead. Yep. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm yeah, picking up so. what this game's putting down. I'm eating what it's cooking. Whereas in StarCraft 2, you know, a, a fight could go well for a player and you'll kill that army. And as a viewer, you'll be like, that's good for the blue player. They just want to fight because their blue units are still alive and the red units are dead. And yes, viewer, you are correct. But sometimes, just sometimes, there's a whole bunch of other pieces of the puzzle, like a whole lot of cogs in the machine that sometimes mean maybe that fight didn't matter. And that's something that the analyst has to, you know, tell the viewer about and that's something special about starcraft but yeah so what do you think of your role as a play-by-play -play caster then when you when you go into a cast and you self-identify very strongly as a play-by-play -play caster what are you going in to the cast with idea-wise or your goals when you go into it i very rarely have a plan i i <laughs> so <laughs> just dispelling the mystery here <laughs> I'm pulling, I'm pulling back. <laughs> Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Um, but you no, know, like I, I actually, I actually very rarely have a plan. It's more of you know I'm not going to pretend that the series is amazing if it's if it's shit. You know, like there were a bunch of bad series at I am Katowice, and it was very very hard as a play by play commentator to make that series entertaining because the game was just not that great. Specifically, the series that I had. Like a lot of people had some good series, but I remember I am Katowice. I had a. I mean, I remember talking to you about it. Yeah. Like I had some kind of curse around me. I had some kind of. I had some kind of whammy thrown on me by a witch doctor somewhere. I just couldn't. I couldn't. I couldn't get a good series to save my life. <laughs> Every series I cast was just a, a destined to be a terrible two zero. But I. Um. I always go in with just the the idea of giving my because I'm usually paired with an analyst. Very very rarely I'm paired with another play by play commentator. So like with Ravi or Tasteless, is usually the other two that I that I get paired with that are play by play guys. And I try and make sure that I give them enough space. I never want to be talking over anyone because that's really like nails on a chalkboard to me. Just the, my priority one is don't talk over that person. Give them space and try and make it a natural flow. Like if something's happening, let them keep talking about it. But when a fight happens, generally it's an unspoken thing that people understand for the analyst to start stepping out of what they're in the middle of talking about to take to give some room for the play-by-play -play commentator to jump in and just make the battle entertaining. So I try to, I, I try to explain the battle like you can't see it. You know what I mean? Like, like if you're listening to it on the radio or something, like those radio commentators was talking about, you... I'm talking about everything that's happening in that battle that I can see it. And I'm trying to look at the whole battle and talk about the whole battle at once, not just one thing in particular, but trying to talk about everything that's happening in that battle at the time or trying to talk about a big moment and build it up as a big moment. So if something is coming and I have pre-warning that something is, is about to happen to make sure that I am building it up um, so that someone is on the edge of their seat and they're getting closer and closer to the edge of their seat while they're watching this happen is, is the whole 
the whole idea to keep the energy up if it's a big energy series big moment and also uh maybe even more so i try to make sure that if there is a series that has a story behind it or a rivalry to really play on that to play on the what the series means and the history of that moment like if there's if there is a history if there is a rivalry to really play it up because that is just something as a viewer that i know i want to hear and mm-hmm. i think that's pretty consistent for most fans of every sport if it's a big moment between two teams or two players that you know they they always are back and forth they're always very close in score or maybe they hate each other or something like that as a beef or something which is very rare in starcraft especially but you know play up that but yeah, so that's 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 generally the only plan I have. I obviously do do. And I'm not I'm not coming in here saying I don't prep at all. <laughs> you, you know I right. you know I prep and and uh, just letting you guys all you all you listeners of the podcast right now know I actually do do work. I, I I make sure that I prep a little bit before these tournaments to make sure that I know what I'm talking about for the most part. But uh, uh, yeah, I just have a few like rules in my brain, which is like don't talk over the other person. Yeah. Anyway, go. No, go. Go if you're gonna sit. Please give us your rules. My rules. Okay. So the rules are don't talk, don't talk over the other person. Talk about the story, like uh, bring up the story when relevant and try not to go from zero to 100. It just happens sometimes when I get surprised by something, like something will show up in the observers, maybe like instantly, instantly arise when something happens and I'm like processing it within milliseconds. I'll go from zero to 100, but that's something that I think can be really jarring to try and build slowly. And I know that in this podcast, I'm doing it a lot. I'm saying ums and ahs, but to to always take a second to be silent rather than go um or ah because one thing as a viewer i fucking hate it and some casters that i love that i'm friends with as well i hate it when i hear uh 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 it is nails on a chalkboard for me i i can't stand it and when i do it i hate myself when i do it when i see a broadcast and i'm doing it too much or i'm stuttering or something like that i just you know as i play by play commentator is my job to have a very smooth confident and uh and and you know eloquent speech pattern you know to 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 really smoothly go from one thing to another and to make it really really easy to listen to so you know to take us like the, something that i've been i'm still struggling with to this day is to take a second where silence is just better to have than to make a noise like don't feel pressure to make a noise you don't have to go um and ah if you can't say anything don't say anything you know wait for what you need to say to come to you and then say it and and also it stops you from saying wrong things, which happens as well. And I'm trying hard not to be right. wrong. Yeah. So those are the main rules. Those are good rules. I'm glad you agree. I, I think it's really tough to be play by play caster. That's why I said they're underappreciated. Coming from an analyst role into like providing more play by play rules as I get paired up with with different casters. Mm-hmm. Like that is one thing I've learned that is very difficult to do. What you just described, basically, not only to paint a picture for someone who might not be watching and also somewhat not understanding, but all with the, the hype and consistent storytelling as things live unfold in front of you, but also to do so as if I had pre-planned the script without any, Oh, would that, Oh shoot. Okay. No, that actually, that's hold on here. Actually that's (laughs) happening. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Was exceptionally difficult to the point where I knew it would be difficult. And my initial criticism of myself when I started doing this was that I actually would just be the most bland hype. I'd be hype with my voice, but my actual, you know, content would be basically like, oh, this looks actually really interesting. Okay, let's keep watching. All right. So this is 
so that 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 green person's winning all right so now but it seems like the blue person's like i would just get so vague with it do you Mm -hmm. have any idea or you actually like know how you practiced being able to encapsulate a second five seconds 10 seconds max maybe 30 seconds of a starcraft 2 fight into something that is hype and somewhat well said (laughs) oh man this is one of those things where like it's uh you know, it's it's like trying to tell a player how to go f- to the highest league of StarCraft. It's like, well, you just have to be better. <laughs> you, know, like, you have to you have to be you have to have enough practice. You have to have done thousands of uh, I would say thousands. I've done thousands of casts at this point, just building it up over over experience. Also, I think I think one of the things that helped me out a lot was just to in reading a lot. I find that when I finish reading a book or when I've just read something, I have like a bunch of new words and phrases in my brain. And whenever I, whenever I read something in a book or a phrase in a book that I'm like, oh, this would be applicable in a cast, I kind of file it away. Because ha- having some big, bold, wonderful sounding phrases would, uh, and, and words even, just like the power of individual, like chosen words. Um, you know, I have a bunch of ones that I, go, that, I, that I use every now and then to try and paint a picture for what someone's watching. You know, like, like I said, I want it to be like, a, uh, like someone isn't seeing what's on the screen right now. Obviously seeing it on screen, you give it the full experience. But if you're listening to it, you know, I can say things like, oh, so-and-so has broken the back of the defense of this player. Like, it just really hammers home the fact that this has been a big moment and that the defense has been broken. And, like, I can't just say, oh, they've cut through the tanks and the Marines and they're on the third. It's like, you know, like, using analogies like that really paints a better picture, like a bigger picture. Or using huge words like like something's been crushed, dominated. Uh, I, I stopped saying decimated because I learned that that just means it's been, you know, factored by 10. Yeah, it's been 10th. Yeah. Uh, so I stopped using that word, but I love that word back in the day, but just like things like that, having a bunch, like having a Batman utility belt of casterisms to whip out when relevant. That's just something that I have like, uh, in, in broadcasts, like I like using big words and big phrases and, and trying to paint a picture with those words, um, more so than actually saying this tank's killed this tank and this Marine's killed that Marine and this Vedivac's dead and blah, 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 blah. just reading out things like a list, which, you know, you do a little bit, but just, just trying to, trying to paint the battle as like a like you know a big pretty french oil painting (laughs) i don't know know why i went with that but i just did i just did it i just did it now just now like in this in this conversation you know i'm trying to trying to make an analogy that makes it more you know embellishes it makes it a bigger thing than it is i don't know it's hard to explain it it is very hard you know casting is is also very vague when we explain how we got better because there is no school there was no like i went no definitely not hype school I went to hype <laughs> class and I did really well there's none of that but one of the things that I talked about with um Darren I knew it was gonna happen I lost my train of thought first time though first time I was talking with fear dragon about something along the same conversation how to oh right so um we'll just edit that part out <laughs> how <laughs> bringing more experiences into your life actually makes you a better commentator now we were talking about Mm. it in more of the charismatic role because we feel like there are just these big dogs in starcraft 2 especially that have been around for a long time that have like larger than life personalities but for you it sounds like you actually use it in a more um like technical sense like you are we were experiencing new things and hearing new phrases and ways to explain things and then putting it into your commentary so would you say that just in general just being a interesting person who has hobbies outside of just starcraft has actually made you a better commentator 
I would say yes. I, I, I mean, if I hadn't been the outgoing, crazy-haired person, like even as a kid, I would do crazy things to my hair, so I already stand out physically. I, I was always like an outgoing guy that was never afraid of, cl- of crowds, you know, in a band for a long time, so I know how to work up a crowd. You know, maybe the crowd's a little bit sleepy and they're like sitting there going, you know, they're, they're standing around and they're watching the band, but they've forgotten that they're there to see live music. And every now and then you just remind them like, hey, guys, we're going to make some noise. And then they're like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, this is really hype. And then they, and then, then they start getting into it, you know. And that's like all these life experiences that I bowl into relevant to play-by-play things that help a commentator out in esports. And, you know, to the, 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 the phrases and, the, and, and that sort of thing, the big words, I feel like no, no one is better at, at painting a picture with words than a writer is, like a really good author. Because that's mm-hmm. literally what they're doing. They're painting a picture in your brain with text. And, you know, that's where all of like, well, not all of, but most of the great phrases that I've come up with have come from. But yeah, I mean, just, just having more life experiences, having more things to draw an- analogies with, having skills from other things that are relevant to casting absolutely help for sure. And just uh, the ability to build, you know, even just off, off camera, the ability to be a, uh, a decent enough person to hang out with, you know, to make the other people want to work with you, to, to have people go, you know, like sometimes people aren't the best, but they get hired because they're friends with so-and-so, you know, to, to, like to start off, to start off with, like not, you know, obviously if you suck, you won't stick around. But to get your foot in the door, you should be friendly and memorable. And it's something that's like a skill that I've picked up over like, I don't know, just years of going out a lot and going to see live music a lot and just having a lot, like meeting a lot of strangers. Like every, every weekend back in the day, I would meet strangers and hang out with them and, and just, you know, be friendly and that sort of thing. And that's, a, that's, that's something that's also very helpful. You know, like if I was a dick, then Apollo would have, that would have been my last I am. Or, you know, Artosis wouldn't have said that I was a good commentator or, or a nice guy like he did when he met me in like 2012 back then. He would just be like, oh, that, that weird, quiet jerk that just showed up and then just went to a corner by himself to do the job. But yeah, so uh, those things are absolutely relevant. And yeah, there's a, there's a reason why I feel most commentators are a certain, like have a, have a certain, like a similar skill set to each other, like even like across all esports and even real sports. Like a lot of commentators have very similar skill sets, I think. Kind of touching on that, that thing you last said, do you think that there is a lot of just knowing the right person rather than necessarily being one of the best that mm. goes into esports broadcasting, we'll say? StarCraft 2 has kind of been reduced in size the last four-ish years, mm-hmm. <laughs> so... But that, that uh, yeah. is a similar, like there's, there could be similar problems. So I'm just kind of opening it up to the floor of general esports though. Some good old fashioned homegrown nepotism. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. Do you think that is a problem? I wouldn't say that it's a problem in our game because I think that a lot of the people that are very good at what they do are given like maybe less opportunities than they would like. But I think that a lot of the people like you and myself, like I think that, you know, no bullshit. And I'm trying not to toot my own horn here because I hate doing that. But I do think that you and I are two of the best at what we do. As a result, we are offered international gigs. And I don't think, I think that if someone is really, really good and they're not getting their moment to shine, uh, we would know because we would be hearing over time the community blow up over this person. You know, we haven't had that in StarCraft 2. So I think that the, the, the quote-unquote old boys club is there because they are the ones that are just the best. Yeah. 
you know, that's that's specifically in our in our game. There have been new faces. You know, you are a relatively new face, but even then, you've been around for years. Uh, you know, maybe maybe Wardy would be like the the newest guy to international broadcast, but even then, he was only just very shortly after you. I think, like twenty eighteen, I think was his first international one back in like January or something like that. Uh, he, pro- I think, he did a Chinese IEM before I did. Oh right, no, you're right. Yes, he was there at Shanghai with me. Wow, nice memory, oh, man. Up, yeah, twenty seventeen. Yeah. But, uh, yep, so I think in our game, I think the best of the best that we have of actually getting those opportunities, and I don't think that, uh, I think that you and Wardy and even myself to a lesser degree, because I, I, I had that international broadcast experience like four years earlier or whatever, um, I think we, we all started with nothing and got to where we are based off the, the, the sweat of our brow and also... I do think that building relationships is important, but I also think that building relationships is a skill set. And we started not knowing anyone in StarCraft 2, and here we are knowing everyone. You know, it, it happened very naturally over time. We didn't we didn't jump into StarCraft 2 already with tons of contacts and and friends and relationships in esports. I had zero people in esports that I was friends with when I started um, started commentating. Zero. Mm-hmm. Like everyone from my Quake days was gone or in CS, and I was out of touch. And they were not going to help me in StarCraft. So. And I think same deal for you. You know, you started up as a what were you like a worker? Like you 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 were similar to me where you like you played MMOs and you liked Blizzard games and you started StarCraft because people like told you that it was cool or something like that and or you liked RTSs yeah, I anyway. The StarCraft N sixty four version. So StarCraft right. two came out. My brother said I should buy it. Yeah, Castle Clan War didn't know anyone. As far as knowing someone who became you know esports as well later on fear dragon mm-hmm. and i basically came up at the same exact time if that counts but yeah 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 i was uh i yeah i just also did i completely knew to it but instead of actually kind of a good segue like i think and let's try not to think of it as a personal opinion thing but rather something that we kind of look at as fact but mm-hmm. the idea of there being tiers of commentators in starcraft 2 let's go back to just starcraft 2 oh okay yep yeah, so I would say, like, you know, S tier, the guys that get hired all the time, you expect to see. And if they're not there, it's because they're busy or it's just a big surprise. Mm-hmm. So Roddy being pretty much S tier. Yeah, I mean, he's, and, he's um, S plus if that exists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think, I, think he, I think he actually has to, he, he, he's one of the very, fair, very rare cases of people that just turns down events because he's got too many. Like, he's just like, yeah. you know, yeah. But anyway, yeah. It's insane. But I, I mean, even including Todd as well as, well, in control was one of them, and then there's definitely one person I'm I'm missing. I guess Kalaris before he kind of transferred over to a host role. Nate as well before he transferred over to a host role. Anyways, like the guys that we always expect to see. That's kind of the 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 remnants, quote unquote, of what we would consider maybe the old boys club. And then mm-hmm. there's the A tier casters who I think are still relatively new, but we are talking, you know, we're new to the earth because we're humans type new. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's you and Pig, as I think the only people I can think of in that category. And then there's kind of the B tier. I wish we were B tier. The B tiers, which would be me, Wardy, Fear Dragon, and um, anyone else basically that pops up, right? Also, Tastosis was an S tier, but yeah, (laughs) that's a whole different uh, system over there. But anyways, I wanted to explain it before I asked the question, because I think it would be confusing to people who don't know what i'm talking about but what do you think really pushes people into these tiers and Mm. pushes them into the next tier is it just the length of time that they've been doing starcraft is it the amount of events that they've done in starcraft 
Or is it actually just how damn good they are? Oh man, my instant my my instant gut reaction, and I'm going to try and not answer this way, but my instant gut reaction was to be a real beta cuck and just say all of those things. But I'm gonna try and get something a little bit spicier for you. So I I think, and this is just based off of a feeling with the community, but I think that actually time doesn't matter as much as people think it does. I think that if you are really good at what you do and you can build up a lot of hype around yourself really quickly, and this is a theory, by the way, because I haven't seen this happen really. I think that if you, if you, if you are really good at what you do and you put up a really good product, that you will, you will make it so that like, like you, you are unignorable. I don't know if that's a word. You can, let's, let's just say the prop. You can't, you can't be ignored if you're, if you're big enough and you're, because you're, you're building up enough of a, of a cult following, like there are, there, uh, like oh, I mean, Wardy, for instance, is something someone who, who know, everyone in StarCraft's going to know. But maybe everyone listening to this outside of StarCraft, which isn't probably going to be many, but um, you know, in case this podcast is worldwide phenomena at this point, and all you people from other esports is and outside of esports tuning into the second episode of the Zombie Grub uh, Casting Calls podcast, the. In StarCraft 2, Wardy has really had a lot of hype and momentum built up around him. And I think that was a lot of the reason why he got hired for I Am Katowice. You know, he wasn't at any international events for almost two years. In mm-hmm. fact, no, two years. Yes. Yeah, yeah two right. years. And a lot of that had to do with because the people that were making the events felt like maybe he was, a, was not the right kind of commentator for an offline event. And I think that going into I Am Katowice... Wardy had so much hype built around him uh, because he'd been doing, he'd been working not only so hard. I mean, obviously, Wardy's been around forever, but kind of not being able to break through that tier that you're talking about. You know, to like I would say that Wardy went from like if C existed, like the online broadcaster only, if 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 that was yeah. like a C thing, then he broke into B or whatever you classify as B, just off of work ethic, working on his working on his craft. So not only that, but also becoming a much better commentator. And um and just having a cool product and putting a lot of tournaments on and and providing content, like he was unignorable. Like no one in StarCraft Two doesn't know Wardy now that follows the scene, and that's something that that he did on his own without any help really. And I think when I am Katowice came around, they were all set for him to be B stream, you know, as usual, Wardy on the B stream, and they were like, well, you know, there's a very very special opportunity where we can have him offline, and I think that this guy's been crushing it, and it's about time to to bring him on to an offline event. And I think that. You know, he he broke into he broke into B or uh, you know whatever you want to call it, just off of uh, off of off of that, purely. And I feel like that was a really quick turnaround as well. Like he really exploded off the last last I want to say four months, five months, not that much, not that long, especially in the grand scheme of things. But again, this is this is a theory, um, and I I know that all the people that have been around that are in the boys the old boys club have been just around for a really long time and have an insane history with the game. Because the other thing is that StarCraft's twenty years old the franchises and a lot of the old boys uh are um well actually not really anymore but tasteless nartosis at least were brood war old boys club um you know jeff jeff was as well um but roddy's roddy and todd are more of a warcraft 3 old boys club that went into starcraft not really a brood war not really brood war guys but still like they've been around for 15 15 years in esports they've been full-time even in esports since they were kids they've never had a not esports job Mm-hmm. Whereas you and I, actually, have you? Have you had an on esports job? 
I have, yeah. You have? Okay, well, there you go. I've had like 10 jobs. <laughs> so I didn't kind of classify myself as an esports person at all until it uh, snuck around on me. But yeah, this is, this right. is, so, so my theory is just to, cl just to clarify for everyone that I think that if you are so, if you, if you can, ha if you have that special little something, if you have that mixture of work ethic and not only that, but also being really good at what you do. And also, you know, Wardy is known and also loved by tons of players. So if you're also, you know, building up those relationships, I think that time doesn't matter as much. I think that just, uh, I like to believe that if you're really good at what you do, you will be rewarded eventually, even if it takes a long okay. fucking time, like with you and Wardy and Fear Dragon, like you guys that have been around for a long time that really, I feel like deserved something a little bit earlier than you got it. But yeah, I think that's off the back of just, just hard work and being around and, and being hard to ignore. Yeah. I mean, it's a very good word, even if it is made up, unignorable. Unignorable, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, it's, it's, it really makes a lot of sense. I think it's like, and another way to phrase it would be just like momentum and also a bit of the right time, you know? Because Yeah, momentum's was, a big one. <laughs> kind of basically didn't happen for Wardy. He's actually still just like, yeah, I feel really good for my casting. And everyone's like, yeah, but you know. Yeah, it's, exactly. It, no, it, you're it, right. Like, imagine if, um, you know, Mr. Bitter did go and that spot wasn't open. Yeah. You know, then, then he'd, you know, Wardy would be like, well, I'm still, uh, I'm still the online guy. But luckily mm -hmm. for him, it's it, now with everything yeah. happening. Yeah, exactly. Especially with the fact that there are no lands to go to. But, uh, yeah. Yeah. No, you're, 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 you're spot on with that as well. I agree. Well, okay. So that kind of covers like how to get into the, um, like offline main casting world. It's still a very important topic that I think a lot of people are going to be interested in. Mm -hmm. But to maybe move on to even like a bit of a tougher topic even. Oh, God. There has been perhaps, I mean, I'm not going to say it's even bad necessarily. There's just been conversation about like what brings people to the, the top must needs, got to have always. One of the best examples of this is Tastosis, not mm -hmm. going to Katowice. And mm. a question mark as to what they're doing next year, uh, as well as the fact that they were always given the finals for whatever event they went to. Talking about S-tier casters and bringing them back into the fold because they are the perfect example. Do you ever like? Do you ever think that there's going to be a move from the A-tier casters to S-tier or S to to Tastosis? Because we got to kind of put them in their own tier. If if Roddy's S plus, I don't know what Tastosis is. Yeah, I mean, it will, maybe we'll keep Roddy at S and uh, Tastosis or S plus because they'd just be S plus plus. But no, you're right. Like they, they um, you know, a lot of people I think can already sort of tell from the outside looking in without knowing any details that that they that they are a, they that they are on their own. You know, not only are they also very geographically removed from the rest of us, they're the only pair in in uh, in Korea. They're also one of the very few pairs in starcraft 2 at the moment you know we don't really we don't really have pairs in the out in the western scene for starcraft 2 um, we're all interchangeable there's no like casting archon but they it's just been them as a brand and this is something that's actually in counter-strike as well is that they have pairs pairings which i think makes them which i think actually is good like it, it makes it makes you stand out more to a viewer i feel like you you know what you're going to get kind of thing if you have a, a pairing of of two people that are always with each other rather than one or two people that, uh, you know, or one person that'll be interchanged with seven other people, you know. Yeah. But I think that Tastosis, uh, they, they they are not really, it's not a tier that I think can be broken into right now in the current climate of StarCraft 2 because 
I think a, a lot of their success got locked, like a lot of a lot of their 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 um, uh, what do you want to call it? I'm trying not to I'm trying not to go too deep here either. Is um, a lot of what they built happened very early in StarCraft Two. That's a better way of saying it. A lot of what they built happened very early in StarCraft Two when it was the biggest esport in the world and when Blizzard had a lot more say over what happened in StarCraft Two. And right now, I feel like mm-hmm. Blizzard. You know, they're the owner of the game that created the game. But right now, as far as esports is concerned, I feel like they they have a say, but they don't have enough to force a casting pair to be at everything. I don't think they can do that anymore. So the ability, like, you can't really do that unless you have a big company that that for some reason has a, uh, like, a big financial stake in you, I feel. Like, if, like if say... We like, like, for instance, let's pretend that Red Bull hire commentators. Maybe they do. I don't even know if they do. Do they do that? I don't know. Yeah, well, freelance, you know, not like a pro league or anything like that. Mm, okay, so may- maybe there's a, like a giant brand that wants their commentator at everything, and maybe that brand also um, sponsors that tournament or something like that. Like, I want, we want our Red Bull guy there, um, or whatever, or our Monster guy. Like, you know, when when Jeff was on EG, it was Monster cans everywhere. You know. He was always promoting Monster, and it was kind of like his shtick <laughs> as well. Like, but you know, I, I feel like without something like that, it's just not possible at the moment in the current climate of StarCraft Two to be that S plus plus or whatever we decided it was. I, I'm, these tiers are messing me up, man. <laughs> I can't remember which one's which, but whatever. You know, to to break into that ir- irreplaceable must be at everything, and everyone's screaming at you to screaming at whatever tournament produ- provided to have you there. I don't think that's something that we can achieve i think the best that we can achieve is to probably try and be at roddy tier which is something that i think is possible to be at roddy tier and what is that respectfully supposed to be but you're not gonna cry if they're not where the the tier where every tournament has you at the top of their list to be there you know what I mean? Okay. Like, like, so every single for StarCraft Two, um, for people that aren't in StarCraft Two, just in case, you know, the 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 many many dozens of you out there that are not StarCraft Two, <laughs> um, but the 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 so DreamHack and I and ESL, so I am are the two big internationals, uh, you know, production companies that are putting on tournaments for StarCraft Two that have those big lands, and these ones these ones are really coveted for commentators because not only is it a fantastic experience, it's also a pretty good payday. Um, so the, you know, to, to be at the top of the list for every single one of those events for StarCraft 2, I think is, uh, is what I would classify as, uh, as that tier, um, whatever, whatever we, th- we thought that was S A, I don't know. Original S. The original S. Original <laughs> S. new S and original S. new S, original S. That's right. Yeah. It's like, yeah. Yeah. I think that's something people can work towards. Yeah. For sure. Few people. I think it's possible, you know, to like, like to go back to being... What was the word I created? Unignorable. Yeah. Yeah. To get, I think that that's that's definitely possible to have a lot of momentum on your personal stream or to provide something content-wise that just people fucking love. Like to have a almost viral explosion of uh, of, of fan base growth, which I think is still possible in StarCraft Two. A lot of people don't think that's possible. I think it is possible. I just think it hasn't been done for a long time. And something that like not only gets everyone that's in the game excited, but maybe bringing in people from outside the game as well, which is also a big incentive for, I think, tournaments to, to bring someone on because they're just like, everyone loves them. They, they, they have like maybe two haters, but everyone else loves them. 
Wait, what do you, who you mean? What do you mean? Like people outside of StarCraft or people? That yeah, like uh, people, people that people that come into StarCraft because of this person, like a day nine back in the day, you know? Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So I think that having another day nine is actually very possible. It's just that no one's done it yet. No, no one's tried okay. to do it. I think it's, I think it actually is, is, is quite possible. It's just that people have sort of let it be or they've stopped trying to have that or they don't think it's necessary anymore. I think it's I think it's something that could happen. I think that and, and, and you know, to this day, and we're still joking about it, like it's not obviously it's not it's not super serious, but I feel like if Day9 wanted to cast a StarCraft event right now, he would get it. Yeah, Absolutely. I agree. Yeah, he would get it. Mm -hmm. And that's just because he's built up this massive brand of just a huge fan base. And even though he hasn't been involved in StarCraft for years, you know, people would just be like, hell yeah, he's back. There'd be a few people that would be like, eh, but most people would be very, very happy. They'd be very excited to see an old name come back. And I think that that that, that possibility is uh, is is there for us to have some kind of viral fan base explosion and suddenly be like, you know, this person is going to be asked to be at everything. They might say no, but it'll be up to them and not up to the tournament. You know, the tournament will be like, we're going to ask you and you will either accept or deny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I mean, a push towards that's got to be very tough. Oh, God, yes. Jesus, like, yeah. Have you, <laughs> I would say that you were probably the closest to being that other person. Back in the day, they used to have three people always go to every event, and it was very chosen. Yep. Roddy, Todd, and, and in control. But it's kind of changed, except for Roddy. <laughs> Roddy goes yeah, away. yeah. Because he's, he's not really, like, like the, the other people that I think were in that three kind of do other things. Like, even Jeff back in the day was kind of, had his fingers in a few pies, whereas Roddy is just, like, pure unadulted starcraft and nothing but starcraft he lives and breathes it like it's all he does sort of thing so i think the fan base really appreciates that too specifically the starcraft fan base really likes it when someone only does starcraft <laughs> yeah Strangely true enough. but um i would say that you're you're pretty close to being being up there basically and not just because i really like you but because that you are one of the few play-by-play -play casters if tasteless is geograf geographically far away and other issues whatever um, let's say came out of the equation. Mm -hmm. Fear Dragon is kind of part time now as well. So let's temporarily take came out of the equation. You're kind of what's left for play by play, and you yeah. are super approved by basically everyone. Like, do you ever think about what you can do to push yourself to that role? I agree. First of all, I think that you know, you know, again, don't want to toot my own horn, but I can't think of anyone that could replace me right now because every tournament kind of wants what a play you know, every tournament wants a play-by-play -play guy but you're right like there's not a huge selection there's grant of course he's quite good at what he does but he i wouldn't say that he's like on every single list at the moment he hasn't he hasn't worked with everyone yet whereas i kind of have already i don't think anyone that runs starcraft events doesn't hasn't hasn't already worked with me right now and i'm mm -hmm. like a, i'm like a safe bet kind of thing and people like safe bets which is you know kind of a shame honestly yeah and uh and to break into that i would say is to like when you asked when you asked to break in are you talking about me getting to the next level or to someone to come to what like to my level or the former the you former getting to roddy level i think it's kind of naturally hope happening anyway because of the climate of the game at the moment where like you said there's not really anyone that well, like i said as well i don't think anyone does what i do to what to level that I do it at the moment. 
in um, in StarCraft 2 as, as far as play-by-play -play goes. And I think that every tournament kind of needs me. So I'm like a default choice. <laughs> uh, um, you know, and, uh, and, and also I've got a good relationship with the, the decision makers at start at, uh, at ESL. So, you know, there's that whole, uh, you know, not just being good at what you do, but also knowing, you know, also, you know, it's who, you know, as well, it's a mixture of two, yeah. the, who, you know, and, and, and how well you can do it. I feel like I can, I can do it well and I know people. So I'd, I'd say pretty close. If not, I mean, we don't know what 2020 would look like. Maybe I did get a call for every dream hack. I don't know. No one's, no one's called me yet, but maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't. Part of the reason also that, that it's tough for me to break in a Roddy tier, I feel like if maybe if I was in uh, in Europe, I would probably already be there. But the geographical thing, like you mentioned, Tasteless is really far away and it's hard to grab him. I'm also very far away as an Australian. It's very expensive to hire me. Not because my rate is insane, you know, but my travel costs are like triple someone like, say, yeah, like a Roddy. Like his travel costs are a third right. of what I would cost. So economically I, I don't make sense a lot of the time as well it's like you know he's he's good but does he have a giant following not really is he good at what he does yes he is but we could still we could still put together a good broadcast without him and that's generally generally how it goes although strangely enough just as a side note i don't remember a tournament that didn't have at least one australian like they usually have me or pig yes when was the last time nice. pig and i weren't and like pig or i or both of us went at it that's something I can't think of one. Exactly. Yeah. I'm trying to think of it too. So maybe the Australian thing wasn't a, maybe the people are just trying to share the love. Maybe the, maybe the, maybe the flight doesn't matter as much. I don't know. Uh, I'm not, I'm not sure. Yeah. But like kind of, well, you said like you would provide a lot to the broadcast, but maybe not enough to be like, we can't not have a good broadcast mm. in the current pool of Starcraft two casters that have done main events. And I did exclude some like, the Muslim popped up and someone's going to be like, you didn't mention him. And I'm going to be like, ah, there you go. I mentioned him. I mean, there's rapid as well. Like rapid, you know, like, yeah, 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 exactly. Like, do you, do you think that that is actually true that you could pick anyone, let's say five people. Cause that was the standard for WCS mm -hmm. and actually always provide a good broadcast. I think, a, I, th I think we've shown that, that the, Oh no, the tier system again, it's getting me zombie grub. Oh God. What, what tier was it? <laughs> uh, I think, I think the B tier, I think any you grab most people from the B tier and we can put on a good show. Any any five from the B tier we put on a good show, I think. Okay. So me, Wardy, Fear Dragon, you and uh and Pig. Yeah. Fuck yeah, we could put on a great show. Are you kidding me? I tune into that. <laughs> it sounds great. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean we we're we're pretty we're pretty well liked. There's very few like we we don't have like a huge diversive sort of we don't we don't really we're not nails on a chalkboard for too many people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, so yeah. I think I think I think I think you select anyone out of the out of the B tier pool, and we can put on a show for sure. Uh, the other question I had was: Do you think that with the current state of things, that being a play by play caster is your best bet into getting an offline gig? Yeah, you know what? I would say probably. Mm, ah, that's. I mean, when I think about it for more than a split second. Um, I, th I think that maybe if you wanted to be a new commentator in StarCraft 2 and really turn people's heads, you would probably have to be a bit of a jack of all trades, like a like a someone that knows a fair bit, like maybe they're a high level player, but they also have good 
good good state good they can put on a good show they have good uh on camera presence they have a really good well-spoken vibe about them like they're very charming i think you need like a i think you need to have a little bit of i think you can't just be a very charming not knowledgeable play-by-play person anymore in uh in current climate i think you'd have to know what you're talking about as well because i don't think the like the starcraft fans are still are with us which is most of them thankfully like the starcraft actually insanely weird in this in in a good way in that it's fan base has been very consistent I think that people right now really enjoy a knowledgeable high-level person. They really respect knowledgeable high-level people. Mm-hmm. But they also want to be entertained. Like, they don't like monotonous, boring people either. So, yeah. I think you'd have to be that, that special nexus of, of charming, witty, friendly, and, 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 uh, and, and quick, but also knowledgeable. Yeah. That's my... That's my that's my perfect commentator. Yeah, of course, it's anyone's. Yeah. Do you think you have to be a certain level in StarCraft, which is always a hot topic? Yeah, like well, answer. it's one it's one that's that's very near and dear to my heart because if there was a level cut off for commentator, I would not be a commentator. <laughs> I feel because a lot of people think that uh, uh, someone that's diamond or when I started, I was gold. I think twenty thirteen. Yeah, like gold or platinum, maybe. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't hated i didn't match have much game knowledge but i wasn't super hated uh people sometimes tease me about my rank but it's generally uh elitist europeans and then nobodies that don't do anything and they just sit in twitch chat and lol kek xd so you know i think that there i think that right now there is i think that you should be like like i said you should know what you're talking about but i don't think like in game you have to be a certain rank I think you, mm-hmm. I think you do have to know your. Uh, I think you have to have a fair bit of game knowledge. But, like for instance, I know Wolf wasn't really playing the game much. Right now, Tasteless isn't playing the game much, but it's but they still know what they're talking about for the most part, and they still put on a very good show. And that's because they have a lot of that, I don't know, X factor or whatever you want to call it, that special source. They 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 have a good relationship with who they're talking to with it, with who they're with and. And, uh, you know, honestly, like, I know Tasis is paired with Artosis all the time, but you could put him with anyone and he would, he would give you a good broadcast. Yeah. So, yeah, they have, they have that, they have that special little something, something. And, and that's, that I think is important. And also to know what you're talking about, which is usually coming off the back of being a high level player, but I don't think is necessarily necessary. <laughs> <laughs> that's the eloquent. That's that eloquence, guys. That's my special sauce. That's why I'm getting, that's why I'm getting all those gigs, cash dollar dollar bills. No, no, it's uh, yeah, yeah. I agree, of course. I think that playing the game at a higher level lets things stick with you a bit faster, perhaps, mm-hmm. as you experience things closer to that pro. But we're never going to be close to pro, really. Even Roddy, who's like super, super good at the game, or the Muslim. Well, think about well, the, the main Muslim actually might be the main things you get from being a high level player is stuff that as a not high level player you can bring up anyway like having incredible mechanical skill at starcraft 2 doesn't make you a better commentator but you you, but what you do have is knowledge of builds and looking at a at a situation in the game and going okay this is good for so and so because of xyz because and that's usually what being a high level player will give you which is something that i kind of already know without being a high level player just from watching a lot and talking a lot about starcraft yeah I think that it just depends on how much you really pay attention. My my point was basically like, 
you can learn that you put one guy in gas and two guys in another for a factory expand just by watching mm -hmm. a bunch of games or you could actually play it and realize that it feels better than two and two right so that is actually that true you know i actually agree with the fact that you know i don't i think that you should be a player like that's that's something right. actually something that i should actually put in there like not a high level player but you should play the game because it's. Imp I think that it does help you a lot as a commentator to know what something feels like, which I think is what you what you just mentioned is actually a really good point, and I can't believe I forgot that. But yeah, it's a. You need to know what it feels like to be in a certain situation in the game because because then you can. Be more accurate with what you're saying and really paint the picture a little bit easier. It's better to always draw from experience. There's always a little bit more oomph. Yeah, like you, you like it. say that say there's a push coming and you've experienced that push on the other side of the fence. And you're like, oh, okay, this is how it's held. Does this person have this to hold it? You know, mm -hmm. something like that. But I do, I do think anyone can can do it. It's just a matter of actually paying attention, you know, because anyone can just do whatever and then not really learn. But if you really are interested, then you can learn without being heck even even diamond. You could be gold. You could be bronze. You could. For it, guys. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if you can really retain information, I actually do believe that. Like, you could be a gold player, for sure. Hmm. So bring it back to a point you made much earlier, but uh, I always find interesting because you actually kind of brought it in a positive light as well. Caster pairings. Talked about mm -hmm. Tastosis and the brand they're able to build at a time that is now, it's not really, you can't replicate the time of 2012, uh, 2011, 2012 StarCraft anymore. But the idea of building your brand as a, as a pairing or the positive aspects of being a pairing, do you think that it would actually be something worthwhile for maybe not all of StarCraft to do or not even the entire system, you know, DreamHack or ESL to do? But do you think it'd be worthwhile trying for a singular tournament like uh, a DreamHack? And just have a pair? Yeah, I think... you, just, you, you hire six commentators and they're all paired. Yep, so it's three pairs. Yeah, I think it'd be a cool experiment for sure. I think it'd be interesting to see what happens to the, not only the viewership, but also the, uh, you know, the, the live reaction from fans when you have a certain pair on versus another pair and another pair and see, like, I would be interested to see that because it's kind of hard to keep up with pairings as a viewer when you, when the pairing changes all the time, when it's so interchangeable, you like, mm -hmm. you know, you know, do, do the people like this pair? You know, sometimes will be some people will be like, you know, Roddy and the Muslim's the best or something like that. And you'll see that occasionally in Twitch chat. But do you see any big difference? And I think that's something that will only be able to notice if you see that pair over and over and over and over and over again in like a short period of time. Um, Short-ish, you know, over a few days. I think it'd be a really cool experiment. I think it'd be great. You know, building up a brand is extremely important when you're, uh, you know, a freelance esports commentator or, you know, or something like that. You know, you're not, you're not. You're not with anyone. You're on your own. You are a free enterprise. You're a sole trader. Um, it's really important to have a brand and to and to have people and, and make it easy for people to follow. Like if you're always changing your name or 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 something like that. Like it's people that want to be fans are going to find it harder to be a fan because they're trying to keep up with your crazy antics. You know, they just they're just like, who was that again? Oh yeah, right. You know, you don't ever want people to be in that situation. You want them to be like, oh yes, them. You know what I mean? Like it's, hard, it's hard to explain, but but I feel like a pairing sticks with people a bit more. Like the Tastosis casting archon, it's been drilled into our brains since day one. Like, it, I, you know, people will say, yeah, it's into our brains because it's 10 years later. And I would say, yeah, but we already had it drilled into our brains in 20 fucking 10. Let's be real. The Tastosis casting archon was well and truly drilled into our brains as the best of the best back 
you know, 10 years ago. That was them too, for the first yep. however many years. They did that very much so on purpose and very, very well. They were very, very smart. And I mean, they're not worse smart. They are smart people. But, you know, <laughs> what, what they did in 2010, I feel like was the first time someone really made a huge step as a commentator in an esport to uh, make a huge play with, uh, with, with, with um, you know, planning ahead and, uh, and, and getting their foot in the door. Like right now, it's happening all the fucking time, you know. Valorant's on the way and everyone's got their dicks out for that because they want to be the big casting pair or the big <laughs> pro team for, for Valorant. Um, it'll be the same deal when the next Battle Royale game comes out. It'll be the same deal when the next Overwatch killer comes out or whatever the fuck people are making now. Like, it, people just want to be the first and the best. And I feel like Tastos is kind of... Like, I, I can think all the way back to Counter-Strike where, where the caster pairings and that sort of thing really kicked in was honestly like 2012, maybe? With, with, the, with the release of CSGO. Because Source, sure? okay. Source, like I feel like, didn't have those big pairings yet, and did honestly didn't have a huge scene yet. Because I mean, StarCraft Two actually started the boom of esports in the West, so the like the the amount of viewers went up, like just the people that that cared about esports companies and viewers, and just and that sort of thing really blew up with StarCraft Two. So it's kind of hard to know because I don't remember Source, the Source scene very well, but casting pairings I feel like started with Tastosis, and is something that's happening a bit in other esports, specifically in Counter-Strike. I know that there's pairings that just are always that pair that will never inter interchange. Yeah. yeah. It's apparently a bit complicated without revealing any industry secrets. <laughs> <laughs> but the general idea is that it's a, good, it's a good idea as far as becoming a Tastosis. As far as from I, I understand, it's basically impossible. Tastosis has kind of been the timing of them, the branding of them, the the actual performance of them, something that was unmatched and also not replicated. Not replicated, yeah. For, for a few different reasons. And and but again, you're right, like, there are duos. There are duos, yeah. And 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 you know, and also to their credit, it's not like they just used all their contacts to create something amazing. They're also very good at what they do, so it stuck so they stuck around and they're still relevant to this day. Because they're still, you know, they're great. There are very few haters of Tastosis out there. Very few. Yeah, very few. And there are also people out there that will only watch when Tastosis are casting, which is another thing that I think yeah. only doesn't exist for other casters. I, I, I believe so. You know, we kind of touched on on the Pylon show about like the YouTube, the surprise YouTube viewers when uh, it moved off of Twitch and we had... A couple of our suspicions about that, but a lot of the casual audience who would be like, you know what? I kind of want to watch StarCraft 2. What are Tastosis doing? Exactly. Kind of their yeah. go-to. Yeah. They'll be like, I, you know, I've even had people reach out to me from other esports when I'm like, oh, GSL's on. And they're like, oh, Tastosis, I love those guys. And they'll come back in and they like, don't care about StarCraft. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. I think that doesn't exist in any other, any other caster because there's not really pairings outside of them. So there's no, no other caster in StarCraft 2 that garners that kind of following or respect or like fanboyism right and if there could be i mean we might never know because building a brand would be extremely difficult i mean that that comes down to like literally saying no unless they bring the other guy which is a very different difficult stance to go to back take. again like the i think that there it is possible to have a viral explosion and a and a, and a big and a big following even in the current climate of our game because i think that we have a very hardcore audience that could be made bigger by bringing in a few more of the casual audience uh, like that, there is a actually a very big untapped casual audience for StarCraft Two, and I'm talking like potentially millions, and I'm not I'm not kidding, I'm not insane, of people that play single player, and that's it. That you could 
Okay. Yeah. That you, that you could actually slowly nudge them towards the esport. I think if you get a few of those people in there, or a good percentage of those people in there, you could almost like double the viewership of things. I think it's very, very hard to do. And I'm trying to like honestly, that's one of my that's that's a mystery that I'm trying to crack here. I'm a, I'm a PI in my little office with my like feet up on the table with my you know with my with my with my bottle of whiskey and my cigar, and I'm and I'm uh, and I'm trying to figure out this mystery. You know, it's not the Maltese Eagle, the Maltese Falcon. I'm trying to solve getting casuals into this game's esport that's a that's something i'm trying to trying to solve right now like you know with my the videos that i'm putting out on youtube and you know how i broadcast as well being very you know trying to be very accessible and friendly and and likable and which i mean you know i'm not trying to be those things it's just it happens or it doesn't They're natural yeah thank, thank you thank you uh, but but trying to be that kind of person like to be the to be another day nine i think is possible i don't think i could be that person because day nine's a a huge brain, whereas my brain is smoother and not as groovy. I think that, uh, you know, there are a few people out there that could definitely have that kind of explosion. I think Pig is very close. I, I think you could do it as well. But I think that I am more of an entertainment guy. And if I made a bunch of entertainment meme stuff, like say a uh, maybe a less abrasive destiny kind of character i could be that maybe oh boy yeah like i'm saying like yeah, yeah yeah like i'm like not abrasive i don't like politics i don't care about any of that shit i'm not going to get in trouble i'm not going to put my dick up on the internet but i am going to you know be be funny and and have big moments and stuff like that that i think that's that's possible for me as a, as a person to build up a brand that way mm -hmm. and and uh and have cool moments with um with twitch and streaming and and uh on on camera at, at live events as well and hopefully on YouTube, which I'm trying to work on a bit more. Well, uh, we've already gone quite far. So just one last topic. Oh, my Jesus. Yeah, segue we've been, here. We've been talking about three hours. My God. Is that how uh, long? I don't know about three hours, an hour and a half. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, I, I thought we started at like 11.30 my time, but I guess not. I mean, we started a little bit later. No, no, no. Okay. Not that much, but yeah, sure, we, sh we should be wrapping it up. But anyways, um, what you were talking about segues well into one of my last potentially big discussions. We'll see. But do you ever find yourself looking at other esports? I kind of know the answer to this, but <laughs> looking at other esports or other traditional broadcast sports and how they broadcast and what they do and wish that StarCraft did anything similar or on the flip side, you're super thankful StarCraft 2 doesn't do. I am actually very thankful that there's a lot of things in StarCraft 2 that, uh, that, that are the way they are. I think that I'm, I'm one of those people that believes, you know, for instance, like I'll, I'll hear a lot from normies, for lack of a better word. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> I'll hear a lot from normies and uh, let's call them boomers that that's an eSport has... <laughs> You know, like for instance, like you know, my uh, my my parents or like people their age or like people that are that are that are my age but really don't game at all. They 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 are like, oh, I wonder if esports. You know, they'll talk about, oh, that's cool how video games is for you know can play games for money. That's sick. Uh, I I, re I really hope it gets on TV one day. And I'm one of those people that's like, I feel like TV is I like it's a legacy thing to me. TV is an old school dying format and streaming is the future i mean even with even with tv streaming is already happening right now and people are streaming on getting into it like netflix etc it's destroying regular free-to-air tv you know and i feel like esports doesn't need tv it doesn't need a lot of those old school 
things that have been in, in sports broadcasting for 100 plus years. I think that we actually have a very cool thing going with us right now. I think that honestly, real sports could learn from us and not the other way around. I think there's definitely like, like it started with esports sort of getting inspired a lot by, by um, real sports commentators, you know, football commentators, soccer commentators. I mean, football is everything to, to, to some people, but whatever. Uh, you know what I mean? Like the real sport commentators, the, the non-esports commentators, they, they definitely were influenced. Like, they influenced a lot of us. Like I personally have been influenced by them, of course, as I mentioned it earlier, just from listening to it a lot as being a, sport, a fan of real sports growing up and playing real sports growing up, hearing those, commentary, those, commentators, those commentators and those, that commentary and sort of borrowing a few of those things. But the, the current thing that we've got going for us, I feel like is better for esports and making it like for instance putting us all in suits on a desk with a with a very flashy background i actually feel like doesn't super fit you know what i mean like yeah, like i know i know super that's professional yeah i know it's expected yeah. exactly it's expected because that's what it looks like but that's just something that's been put into our brain like we have been told what it looks like when really mm -hmm. you think about uh, you know a, a gamer or someone that's in, into gaming that don't really ever dress like that and we, I, I loved, I loved, and I had this conversation with Apollo like last year, and we didn't really talk about it this year because it kind of just happened. But at I am Katowice, we just went up there in our clothes. We were just wearing gaming shirts, t-shirts, you know, hoodies, and we were broadcasting in that. And it felt honestly a lot more freeing and comfortable. Like I'm actually someone that is, I like wearing a nice suit, and I find it very nice. Like I actually quite like wearing a good shirt; it feels good. Having a jacket on feels nice. But I, I feel like it feels a little, you know, to, I feel like as a gamer, it's not really, it, it's one of those things where we're still clinging to what sports should look like rather than what we think, what we have in our brains as an image of what sports look like rather than, you know, maybe making our own thing. But I, but I do like that it's more like, like esports stuff is very, it feels a lot more genuine when you watch it. Whereas with real sports broadcasts, there's a lot of, you know, they'll, they'll plan their jokes ahead of schedule. They'll have a very like they'll be all teleprompted all scripted whereas esports is 99 percent of it is unscripted unfiltered uh, i mean we do we do still filter ourselves but no, there's no bleeping there's no there's, there's no teleprompter really there's no pre-planned script and we're not sitting there going oh you should say this you should say that like sometimes that exists of, of course but i feel like we're very natural and it's a it's it like i can tell it's natural as well as a viewer you know what i mean and I, and I think that that's just so much nicer um, for, a, for a budding industry. I don't know if you want to call a billion-dollar industry budding, but esports, I think, mm, is sure. just a, is compared to others, I think, still budding. Mm -hmm. And I forget the initial question. Am I rambling here? I, I, I think I'm still uh, on I point. Asked, you are. I asked if you, if you found anything in other esports broadcasts or traditional broadcasts. Oh, other other esports broadcasts? Yeah, there are things yeah. in other esports broadcasts that I think would be cool to use. In fact, we use some of it, like the augmented reality stuff on a technical sense. We, we started using that in, at Ian Kedavica. And I thought that was cool because I saw that in other esports and I thought it looked nice. Do you think it can look a little bit janky sometimes and it needs a little bit more time in the oven, but it could be cool. That's just on a technical sense. As far as broadcasts go, I would really like to try caster pairings. I think that would be cool. That's something that CSGO does that I think would be a cool experiment, if not, if not a better thing for StarCraft 2 commentators. I know it's in Overwatch League as well, pairings. Um, but I would, 
I'd be interested to see how it goes in StarCraft 2. I have a theory that it would go very well, but that's just a theory. Right. And and what else? I think that what I would really like from sports, in specifically StarCraft 2, is their money. <laughs> I really want their money because <laughs> I feel like it's StarCraft 2. You know, for instance, people will watch a show like for, like like I really hated seeing from a fan, and I get I get it because they don't know, right? But that you would see you would see your generic StarCraft two fans, specifically last year and the year before, look at I am Katowice and look at WCS and go, why can't it be like I am? Why is DreamHack so much worse than I am or whatever? And it's like, bro, I am has a big budget, and DreamHack does not. And it's honestly a lot of the time that a lot of the a lot of the thing that stops us from putting on that special, very awesome, highly produced show is the dollar. It's the dollar. It's the almighty dollar. And I wish we had a little bit more of it to really blow people's socks off with a with a great broadcast. You know? I feel like that answer is like when you're like you have to bring one thing to a deserted island and you're like a phone that works to call a ship like and you're just a like phone, okay. a phone that connects to the satellite <laughs> so i can call a ship <laughs> yeah like okay good one like yeah I, like, yeah money would fix a lot of a lot of things yeah and um and we don't have enough of it that's uh that's that's something that i think that 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 esports is still catching up in we just don't have the infrastructure to yeah. to put on the big the big broadcasts the things that you know smash people i mean i know it exists you know the the giant world's finals for League of Legends, the Overwatch League finals, even, you know, our StarCraft finals. There's a big difference between all of those versus like your regular broadcasts. And wouldn't it be fucking amazing to fill a stadium every like three months or something like that? Wouldn't that be wild? People think that price pool doesn't matter and production doesn't matter. It's just about the games and the commentator and this sort of thing. It's kind of... I mean, they're not wrong. If the game's great, of course that matters. If the commentator's good, of course that matters. But people are really turned by, like, especially if they're not a super fan. If someone sees that the price pool is a million bucks, fuck yeah, they're tuning in. Hell yeah, they're tuning in. Absolutely. If the price pool's $10,000, yeah, you know, oh, that's, you know, that's a good chunk of change. But if the price pool's a million, maybe $500,000 for first place, fuck yeah, they're tuning in, even if they're outside of StarCraft. That's, that's something that, like, turns so many heads. And the, the international with its fucking giant prize pools has so many people that don't give a fuck about Dota. 365 days of the year. They don't give a fuck except for that one day where the, you know, the TI finals, then they'll tune in because someone's about to become a millionaire. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's, uh, that's why I tune in. Yeah, like, exactly. It's just, it's exactly. Exactly. It's it's, it, it gotcha. It gotcha. And we want a lot of zombie grubs out there. People that are like, I don't care about this sport, but that money's a lot. And then if we have good commentators, Oh, we suddenly got a new fan. You know what I mean? Just got to get him in there. We got to we got to we got to sweeten that honey pot to get the get the people coming in. You know? Yeah. Well, my last question is just more of a personal uh, interest, but don't wouldn't you be uh wouldn't you be uh, like scared of being paired with a caster and never having the ability to work <laughs> with any other caster again? Oh, if the pairing goes sour, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, there's that, but also just, you know, some, some mixing it up, right? I think you're going to be married to this person. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I, I do kind of like the sense that we can sort of, you know, uh, swing around. Swinging around, yeah. We, we all walk up to the broadcast and put our keys in the bowl, and then whatever happens, happens. Just, you know, play it safe. But, 
but the but in all seriousness, I I think it would work well, and I think that there aren't any pairings that I think would because we all get along so well. I can't imagine a pairing like being being with a paired with someone and it not going well. I don't know. But restricted to one. That's restricted the to one. Mm, what if it's yeah, me so and like, Pig and yeah. we we never neither one of us cast with you again? Oh my god, you're right. I, know. I would hate that. Yeah. Oh, you're right. Jesus. <laughs> Like I'm, I mean, I'm here thinking about being in a pair with someone and going, yeah, it'd be cool. But then I'm thinking about, but then that means I can't cast with anyone else ever. <gasps> oh no! If Pig takes you away from your zombie girl, I'd be so mad. <laughs> <laughs> Most people love the Aussie cast, so I think they'd be upset as well. Yeah, right. That's it. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's a tricky one. That's a tricky one. I think maybe we're we're so we're so used to as a StarCraft fan, as StarCraft fans, we're so used to having our casters interchanged out. That maybe it wouldn't work. Maybe maybe people would just be like, you know, when's when's Maynard and Pig casting together, or when's Maynard Zombie Grub casting together, or when's Zombie Grub Pig? You know, the, when the, where's my combo? Where it at? And it just doesn't come. I don't know. I I still would love to see it as an experiment. I would love to see it. Yeah, me too. Just I'd love out to of see interest. if anything anything develops. Like you really do feel like your commentary is up a little bit by uh, day yeah. two or day three. I also think that I also think that in the climate of this game, you know, we're talking about safe bets and that sort of thing. I think that in the climate of the game, I'm I'm you know one of those people that I think I'm not a you know I know that there are a lot of people that think the way I think as well. That with StarCraft not being the biggest esport in the whole world, I really think that we should be making risks, doing risky experimental things, rather than doing what's safe and known, because safe and known doesn't build the game. I think. Yeah. It could stay at a at a very like relevant level. It could still keep that fan base, but some people don't see that as maintaining. Some people see that as stagnant. And I'm one of those people that doesn't like to rest. I, I like I don't like being mediocre, and I'm not okay with being mediocre. And I'm okay, and I'm not okay with the game that I love being mediocre either. I don't want to just sit there and be one level the whole time. I want to grow it. You know. I think that was uh, one of the fair, valid criticisms of the WCS system from 2016 to 2019 sure it wasn't a whole lot of risks taken and i think you know something that really irked me from a caster sense of things you know you know this and i'm going to tell the 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 listeners this as well is that i've been championing zombie grub for a very long time to be an international broadcast and she was hired in my opinion like at least two years too late for an international event i'm like what are you doing like this per I, I, I didn't see the risk at all, but I could understand that to maybe Blizzard or whoever, or I am, like, who is this person? Yeah, yeah. And it's not just me saying it as well. Like, I'm saying it, Roddy's saying it, um, you know, the, the other commentators were just like, we know this, we know this caster, they're very good, and they would just not want to take that risk. They're like, I want the, you know, even, even grabbing people that aren't as active in the game anymore. They're like, I want this person because they're a safe bet. Whether, yeah. instead of grabbing the person that's, you know, a very active person in the game that plays the game a lot, streams the game a lot, and is, is, has a fast-growing fan base, like someone like that. And I'm like, you should be rewarding these people, the people that love and, and are part of your game all the time, every day. You should be rewarding them. And they're also, you know, you shouldn't just reward anyone that does that. They are also good. <laughs> yeah, you know? gotta be good. They got to be good. So, you know, I, I really wish that the more risks were taken earlier because I feel like the, the climate of the game could be a lot different right now. I mean, I hate, I, I also hate going woulda, shoulda, coulda 
but it's more of like a, you know, you got to learn from history, right? You don't want it to repeat itself. So I think going forward, I think that our, our new decision makers like Apollo, et cetera, are very much uh, agreeing with me that they think risks need to be taken and things need to be shaken up for the game to grow potentially. So mm-hmm. yeah, I'm definitely in that camp and uh, sorry for uh, taking like hours of your time. <laughs> That's fine, man. I hope the uh, the listeners really enjoyed it because I I enjoyed listening to the smooth bass of your voice. Oh, thank so you very much. I could thank sit here much. for hours. Oh, there you go. I just want to make it clear to the viewers I did not pay Maynard for the end compliments. Just no, actually, this is this is something that I do on the regular. Zoe Gross probably annoyed by <laughs> he it. Does. She's like she's like, oh, I'm gonna be in a call with Maynard. That means he's gonna compliment me and he's gonna like uh, he's gonna say that I should have been cast a long time ago. Oh, said it all before. Yeah, I really feel like occasionally it's brought up, and I'm just like, man. People think I set it up, didn't they? No, They're just like, never. she probably slipped them a 50, and, and, and Maynard was like, no, yeah, I'll never. take that if I compliment you. No, I'm, I'm sorry, viewers. I actually, uh, actually do this on the, reg- on the regs, on the regular. This is a, yeah. yeah. Well, we're bringing it back to the beginning. You wear your heart in your sleeve, right? That is true. Yeah, you're right up there on my sleeve. I've got a zombie grub face and my <laughs> Metallica t-shirt that I'm wearing right now. <laughs> Looking right up on my sleeve oh, right boy. there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I got that patch sewn on every single t-shirt that I own. It's, uh, it's good. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, that's gotta cut it because this has gone on for a long time. Yeah, okay. Said it before. Totally open to to episodes two and and whatever, and probably even some specific subjects, roundtable discussions. Like, there's a lot of talk about when it comes to just casting, mm-hmm. more than perhaps people expect. But I hope they enjoyed listening to you talk about pretty much just commentary because yeah. I certainly did. I love this talk, and I'd love to do it again. I'd love to come back, and hopefully, everyone listening liked it too. Hopefully. What are you doing? What, where can they check you out? What am I doing? Well, I'm on Twitch TV Maynard. So it's just my name with Twitch TV in front of it and a slash. And uh, I am streaming 99% StarCraft. I do sometimes stream uh, other games, especially lately. I've been, uh, you know, I have, I have one broadcast a week that goes really, really late at night. So the next day I feel completely wrecked. And the idea of laddering while very tired and, and with a headache is like not a good way to play StarCraft because you're going to lose a lot of points. So I usually stream a different game and experimenting with that right now. And so far, it's going pretty well. So go to Twitch TV Maynard, where you will see lots of StarCraft casting. As Zombie Grub mentioned at the beginning of the podcast six hours ago that I uh, am a replay caster as well. So if you want to have your replays casted by me, you can subscribe if you feel like it. That is basically my consistent income. Uh, while we're in this lull with the coronavirus and such, we don't have any, any international broadcasts. That's kind of it. We just got our Twitch streams right now. Zombie Grub's kind of the same. So support me there well, if you want to support. Well, I mean, Zombie Grub's obviously got deals all over the place. <laughs> yes, that's what I was <laughs> yeah. going to say. <laughs> you know, we, we, call, we, call, we call her Zombie Million Dollar Grub. You know, that's, that's, her, that's her nickname. But, we, but you know, we, we're uh, very much relying on our Twitches right now. So if you want to hang out and interact with me, talk to me questions anything i'm always very cool to talk with my chat i love the live broadcast experience and um i like it when people like it too so come on down see if you enjoy it and i'm also getting like i mentioned doing youtube stuff trying to do some more introductory new player content for starcraft on my channel with a lot of production and stuff you know i'm all i'm all about that face value guys i'm all about polishing something until it looks good and that's uh that's my video content on youtube so Check it out, YouTube slash, youtube.com slash MaynardSE2. I'm on Twitter as well. I forgot about that. MaynardSE2. That's it. Excellent. I think that covers it. I think that's everything. 
Thank you, Zombie Grub. <laughs> Sorry for taking so much of your time. But I enjoy this chat a no. lot, so it, it didn't feel like six hours. It didn't feel like it. It felt like 30 No, minutes. it did not. No. Yeah, maybe approximately an hour and 50. Something like that, yeah. No, it was a wonderful time talking with you. I mean, you're obviously another one of the commentators that I'm, I'm very close with, so it's always fun to talk to you and get some opinions that maybe I, I know in advance, a little mm -hmm. bit of cheat sheet, but yeah. I still learn new things as well. So thank you for coming on to my podcast and letting me just ask you questions it was a fun time so guys please go make sure to uh watch and follow maynard on his youtube as well as his twitch and any offline casting that hopefully will happen you know eta maybe maybe one day and uh until then you know just thank you so much for listening check out the patreon and i will see you guys for episode three next week see ya Thanks to the people who already supported the Patreon over at patreon.com slash zombiegrub. Future podcasts will have video included for the YouTube release. The next goal is to look into designers for a logo and overlay for the video. Please check out the rewards, such as receiving early access. And thanks for listening to Caster Calls. <laughs>